We've been talking this series about Christ revealed. We're having revelations of who Jesus is. Not just what he does, but who he is. Pastor Sergio opened up that he is uh, Almighty God, the Lord Almighty, right? Uh, that uh, he is the image of the invisible God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he became flesh and dwelt among us. Pastor Danny, he was talking about Christ revealed that Jesus is the Lamb of God. Amen. That that. Perfect sacrifice. He gave this uh, illustration of a doorpost. He talked about the Passover. And he gave the illustration of a doorpost and, uh, and that the blood of the lamb was painted over the doorpost. And when the blood of the lamb was painted over the doorpost, uh, the, as the angel of death came over, it passed over those homes. Those that had the blood of the lamb over their doorposts were protected. They were spared. And I was thinking as he was ministering, My goodness, what have I been spared from? What have you and I been spared from? Because the blood of the lamb is over our lives. Because we accepted Jesus. And and what are some of the things that God has spared us from? Some of the heartaches or sicknesses. But, man, God is good. Brother Matt was talking about Jesus, the wonderful counselor. What a a name to, to have, the wonderful counselor. That we can receive wisdom and guidance, and supernatural strategy from the Lord Almighty. You might be going through something, you might be thinking, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? You know that God can give you supernatural strategy to whatever it is you're facing and whatever it is you're going through. And I get to talk about tonight Jesus Christ, our great physician. Our great physician. We had an awesome, awesome worship service God is here in this place. Amen? And um, we want to continue to just make sure that we start off on the right foot, man. I want to know if you've been touched by God in this place. God has healed you. God has healed you in some way. Just raise your hand. God has healed one of your family members. Raise your hand. God has delivered you from drugs and alcohol. Raise your hand. Let's give God praise. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God, for your healing, God. Praise you, Lord, for your deliverance, God. Father, we love you. We thank you tonight, Father God. We thank you, God, that you are the great physician. You are the healer, Father God, Lord. There is no sickness nor disease, Lord, no condition, Lord, that is impossible for you tonight, Father God. And I ask and pray that tonight, Father God, as your word is ministered, Lord, the chains be broken, Father God. That sickness be healed, Father God, Lord. That lives would be delivered, Father God, and that you would have your way in this place, Father God. And the house of God says... Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Our scripture for this series has been in Colossians, chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. It says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or or powers or rulers or authorities, All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, 
and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. You know, when we are sick, when we are ill, when we have any kind of discomfort or ache, uh, what do we do is we uh, seek the help of a physician, right? We go to the doctor and we tell them what's uh, going on, where the pain is, how intense the pain is. Uh, the doctor will prescribe some tests. And based on those tests and the results and the symptoms, uh, he'll give us um, a plan, a treatment, a prescription, something to attack and to counter and to help alleviate and bring healing. About, I want to say, a month ago, my son comes to me and he says, Dad, I jammed my finger playing basketball. And he shows me his finger, and it's a little swollen. It was a little swollen. I says, well, you know, are you in pain? And he goes, not much, but yeah, it hurts. He goes, I think I broke it. So I looked at his finger, and I did what any good dad would do. I said, yeah, you're okay. Put some ice on it. I said, all right, let's pray for it, right? My wife got home, and he showed her, he showed her the finger, and, and she said, uh, maybe you should take him to the doctor. And I said, nah, he's fine. He's all right. It's happened before, right? A month goes by, and I'm looking at his finger just by chance, and I said, hey, hey kid, let me see your finger, man. And I'm noticing that his finger is not healing right. The tip is swollen still. It's crooked, twickle, and I'm thinking, hmm, that doesn't look good. I said, maybe we should go to the doctor, right? So last week, uh, Monday, I pull him out of school early. We go to the doctor. She looks at the finger. She says, let's get some x-rays done. We get some x-rays done. We go back to her, and she's looking at his finger, and she's looking at the x-ray, and then she looks at me, and I'm like, oh, no. So I look at the x-ray. Now, I'm no uh, x-ray technician, but I... A blind man could see, man, his finger was broken. And she looked at me, she goes, it's broken. And I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. And I'm beginning to just feel like this, man. I'm just beginning to shrink. Because he had told me a couple of times, I think it's broken. I'm like, nah, nah, you're fine. So she sends us to ortho. And they were waiting for us because as soon as he walked in, they're like, what did you do to your finger? And he had to explain, you know, he's playing basketball and this and that. And he jammed it and so... The, um, the surgeon looks at it and he goes, you're going to need surgery. I'm thinking, this is getting worse, man. <laughs> and all I hear in the back of my head is my wife saying, I told you so. <laughs> Husbands, listen to your wives, man. So last Wednesday, a week from today, he had his surgery, right? And I'm thinking, you know, maybe a mild sedation, numb the hand, put a splint, we're good. He had to go complete general anesthesia. They had to put pins into his finger. He had a, he's got this, like, uh, soft cast. And, and I was just thinking, oh, man, what would it have cost me to just take him to the doctor, right, when it happened? At minimum, I'm, I, I've got all this dad guilt, right? At minimum, they would have said, yeah, it's a sprain, but, you know, it, it, it uh, is what it is. And I told the doctor, like, come on, throw me a bone here. Just tell me whether... We waited a month or not, it would have to be, you know, surgery. He goes, that's hard to tell. Could have been he just had a mild break, but because he's been using it, it got worse. And it's like, all right. So for the next 
couple of days, my wife and I became his indentured servants. We were cleaning his room. We were getting him water. We were turning the TV on and off. And I say this because sometimes what we think is no big deal uh, is a big deal. Sometimes what people tell us, don't worry about it. What you're going through, you'll get over it. It's no big deal. It is a big deal. Because even the smallest things that we might think sometimes are insignificant, they're a big deal to God. Maybe sometimes it's just those things that's like, you know, I'm going through some depression, but it's no big deal. I'll get through it. And we don't take it to our great physician. Or maybe we feel something in our body and a, a, a lump that shouldn't be there and we're like, ah, this will pass. Instead, we, we keep it and we don't take it to the great physician. And what ends up happening is those small things that we neglect, those little things that we overlook and bypass and, and, and disregard, they become bigger issues and bigger issues and bigger issues. And then we find ourselves hurting. We find ourselves sick. We find ourselves just in a state where, how did we get to this point? We have a physician who we can run to, and his name is Jesus. And he's a physician that knows us intimately because he created us. We were created by him and for him. In the book of Psalms, chapter 103, verses 1 through 5, and it says, Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord, and may I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives me. Or he forgives all of my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. In the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 23, it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people. See, when things are right, we got to know who to go to. We got to know who to turn to. And oftentimes, we like to turn to anyone and everyone except our great physician. We'll call up the brothers and the sisters and, and we'll say, you know, uh, I don't feel well, I'm sick, I'm going through this. Can you pray for me? And that's good. We want our brothers and sisters to pray for us. But we should be bringing it before the throne of God immediately. We, we, we might... Seek the, the help of professionals, of therapists, and, and of counselors, and that's good. They all have their place. But are we bringing our need before the throne of Christ? Are we saying, you're my physician, and I need you? See, I prayed for my son. And I prayed for other family members that have been sick. But thank God for the doctors and the physicians that God had placed over them. But let me tell you, before I sought the physicians and the doctors, I sought my heavenly father. And I said, God, speak to the doctor that's going to treat my, my son. Speak to the doctor that's going to treat my wife. Uh, give him wisdom. Give him insight. Give him clarity. Give him understanding. Reveal the hidden things. Don't let him miss something. Because before I'm going to go to man, I'm going to go to God. And he's going to equip him. And he's going to show him the way my wife the way that they found her cancer is because she didn't even go for that. 
She didn't even go for that. We had already been praying. She went for something else. But God quickened this doctor and said, let me feel what you're going through. And felt her and said, this is something beyond a hamstring pull. God was there in that, in that, in that room. God is our healer. And there is no sickness, there is no disease, there's no infirmity that he cannot heal, that he cannot deliver from. But there's times where God might delay. There's times where God might delay, and there's times where he might, not, he might choose not to heal. And that's not because there's a lack of faith in our part, and it's not because this is something bigger and better and greater beyond God. But it's because God's ways are not our ways and because he's sovereign and because he knows he can use all things for his honor and for his glory. And it might be that he's more interested, more interested in dealing with the root of the issue than with the issue itself. See, any doctor will give you a diagnosis, right? They'll find the root of the issue. And sometimes the root of the issue, the root of what we're going through can very well be sin. The Apostle Paul, he pioneered the church in Corinth. Corinth was a, a hub city, a port city, and it was a city that was just rampant with immorality. It was rampant with adultery and prostitution, and those influences were wor working their way into the church. There was reports of a young man having uh, relations with his uh, father's wife. There was uh, divisiveness, uh, and there was even uh, the reports of that during communion, the Lord's Supper, people were using it as an excuse to get drunk. And in 1 Corinthians 11, 28, 29, 30, it says, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep or have passed. Sometimes the... the consequence of our sin can be something physical for you know years of drug abuse and alcohol abuse can result in uh, damaged organs or or liver failure or um you know any kind of sexual promiscuity the the, the consequence can actually be an std it can be uh, some kind of reproductive issue those the, there are consequences but sometimes there's issues Issues of the heart, sins of the heart that can cause us to become sick in body. I'll give you an example. My wife, um, I don't know if it was this month or last month during the Bound for Life rally that we had here, um, she was giving a testimony. And she was uh, saying how she began to have pain in her knee and pain in her wrist. You know, and she, was, she had this pain and it was bothering her. And she was listening to the speaker and the speaker was talking. And, 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 and my wife began to uh, pray. And God began to reveal to her that he and her had something not in common. And that was the anger she was harboring. God began to reveal and said, you're angry with this person and you have no reason to be angry with this person. 
God began to deal with her, and she began to repent. She began to say, uh, 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 she began to repent, she began to ask for forgiveness, and, she be- and as she was repenting and asking God to forgive her, he started healing her knee, and he started healing her wrist. What was going on in her heart was manifesting itself in, in, in her body. What was taking place in her heart was causing her that, that discomfort and that pain. In the book of Ephesians, Chapter 4, verses 31 to 32. She told me I could say that, by, so I want to be putting my wife's business out there. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other as, just as in Christ God forgave you. See, if we allow the sins of the heart to go unchecked, uh, they will cause us physical sickness, sins like unforgiveness, anger, resentment, bitterness. All are poison and will corrupt and eat at your soul. There's a study by a psychologist, uh, Dr. Karsten uh, Warsh of Concordia University. And he did this uh, study and he linked bitterness to sickness. He said persistent bitterness may result in global feelings of anger and hostility that when strong enough could affect a person's physical health. He says, when harbored for a long time, bitterness may forecast patterns of biological dysregulation, a psychological impairment that can affect metabolism, immune response, organ failure, and physical disease. Another doctor said, bitterness is a nasty solvent that erodes every good thing. And in an article by CNN Health, it says, studies have shown that bitter, angry people have higher blood pressure and a heart rate and more likely to die of heart disease and other illness. Now, these are medical professionals, and they're saying, look it, there's something to be said about a bitter person and their heart not being right, their heart being physically sick. He wasn't even quoting the Bible. He was saying they lead to all sorts of of, of physical consequences when the heart, when the condition, when the issues of the heart aren't right. It's forgiving each other just as in Christ forgave you. Uh, I remember Pastor Sergio saying something one time, and, and it just stuck to me. And he says, there's times in Christianity when you literally have to do the exact opposite of what you really want to do. You know, someone offends you, and you just want to cut them up. Someone says something to you, and you're just like, yeah? He says, you got to do the exact opposite. Exact opposite. There's six things to remember. God forgave you, you can forgive others. God made peace with you through the cross. You nail that issue to the cross. Don't be angry over stuff that has never happened. I'll give you another example. Uh, I used to have to take the blue line, right? Uh, The metro blue line. And that's a crazy train ride right there. And I remember uh, my exit was coming up and I got up and I'm walking towards my exit and I'm waiting, uh, I'm waiting there in the train for the exit to come up. And some dude comes up to me and he gets right in my face. And he's drunk. And I know he's drunk because he's in my face. And he's telling me, why are you laughing at me? And I'm like, 
hey, man, I don't even know you. What's your name, dude? And he tells me his name. It's like sleepy or spooky or something like that, right? And I'm like, hey, my name is Manny. Let's go, what's going on, man? I says, hey, how, why think so bad that you think that someone smiling is laughing at you? I says, I'm not laughing at you. I don't even know you, man. But now we're friends, right? And uh, I be, we just began to talk, man. And I was thinking, in his head, someone smiling, he took offense to that. And we can be like that sometimes. Did you see the way she looked at me? Do you see the way he, did you hear the way he responded? But it's in the head. Replace angry conversations in your head with prayers for the one who offended you. Lord, pray for, I pray for that person, that their heart would be softened, God. That whatever it is that they're dealing with, that they would lash out at me, Lord. I don't take it personal, but Lord, you would speak to them, God. Replace your anger with the truth found in God's word. And remind yourself, you have the victory in Christ. What Jesus did for you on the cross is greater than what anyone could have ever done to you. Remember the man that was healed at the pool of Bethesda? It says, afterward, Jesus found him in the temple, and he said to him, see, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. I understand that not all sickness is a result of sin. Uh, we fight a real enemy, and the Bible says he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And there's times that... Um, Bad things happen to good people, man. There's people here that have experienced trauma. And that trauma is very real and it's affected you and, 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 and it's, it's, it's hindered your growth and it's hindered your walk. And, and you wrestle with anxiety and depression and, and all sorts of emotions because of that trauma. They even have what is called PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And a lot of times we associate that with veterans that have seen combat. But trauma and PTSD can happen to anyone, man. A lot of us here grew up in violent neighborhoods or in violent homes. And there's a lot that have experienced violence against themselves, assaults, hard things. And there's, and, there's, and there's times where you feel alone. And there's times where these, these flashbacks come back and these issues rise up. And, and, and can I tell you that you're not alone? There is nothing you have not experienced and gone through that the Lord himself cannot relate to, that the Lord himself cannot say, I know what you're going through. I understand your hurt. I understand what you're experiencing. I've been there. Man, the worst of the worst was done to our Lord when they beat him and they whipped him and they mocked him and they hung him on a cross. And he did that so he could understand what each and every one of us has experienced in our lives. I love what Isaiah 41, 13 says. Brother Angel gave me the scripture the other day, and I was like, man, did I need this. He says, for I, the Lord, your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not, I am the one who helps you. Colossians 2, 10. 
He says, so you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. You are whole in Christ. You are perfect in Christ. You are complete in Christ. And Christ is the ruler over anything you might be going through. You might be going through sickness of body. Christ has dominion over that. You might be going through sickness of heart. Christ has dominion over that. Any disease that you might be wrestling with, whether it's cancer, whether it's diabetes or high blood pressure, or whether it's just a broken heart, Christ has dominion over that. And you are complete. You're whole. You're perfect in Jesus. you got to understand that tonight. You, because of your relationship with Jesus, even though your body might be going through it, you are complete in Jesus. He, in him, all things hold together. Satan would want to keep you dwelling and focusing on your wounds and your hurts, and he wants to make you ineffective for the kingdom of God. The enemy is a liar, man. He'll tell you your situation is hopeless, and he'll use tools such as hopelessness and anxiety and depression and fear and doubt and grief and discouragement to try to overwhelm you and to paralyze you. But can I tell you, man, for with God... Nothing will be impossible, the Bible says. Jesus is your healer. Jesus is your healer. One of the names of God is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. In the book of Exodus uh, 15, it says, And if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commands and keep all of his, of all of his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. He's saying, I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. It's in his name. It's who he is. The Lord who heals. That's the God you serve. That's the God you wake up in the morning and pray to. It's the Lord who heals. That's the God that when your children are sick, that you know intimately and perfectly, and he's the Lord who heals. Three Greek words for healing. It's uh, sozo, which means salvation. Uh, Leomai, which is that instantaneous, miraculous healing. Uh, um, And therapevo which is where we get our words therapeutic and therapy. It's to heal through various ways. To heal, to serve, to restore, uh, to restore to health, to treat, to cure. Therapeo is the wisdom of God which releases cures and provides healing. Jesus is your healer, man. And the way he's going to heal you is completely up to him. He laid hands on people. He commanded. He spoke a word. He cast out demons. He persevered with the sick. In the book of Mark where he laid hands on that man that's blind and he laid hands on him and he says, "Uh, can you see? Tell me what you see. And he says, I see men like trees. And Jesus said, let's go one more round. And he lays hands on him again and the man was healed. Got to have that just that tenacity just say, I want to go one more round with you, Jesus, because I want to be healed, man. You think about the lady with the issue of blood, right? Visited all the physicians, and she had been failed time and time again. 
and she just pressed through a crowd, and she thought to herself, if I could just touch the very hem of his garment, this is the hem, if I could just get this much, I'll be healed. And she was healed. She ran after God, and sometimes God will use that, that sickness that we have so that we can draw closer to him. Sometimes God will use that, that sickness that we're going through so that we can draw closer to him. Jesus was on his way to heal uh, um, this man whose daughter was dying. You know, God was using her sickness to draw men to him. And sometimes the very thing you're going through, the very issue you're fighting with, the very sickness you find, it's because other people are coming to Jesus because of that. You think about the apostle Paul. He was a man of faith. And he pleaded with the Lord, this thorn in my side, whatever that ailment was, take it away, take it away, take it away. And God never did. Because God was showing him that his grace was sufficient for him. And sometimes God will use our sickness and what we're going through to show us, my grace is sufficient for you. I know what you're going through. I know this sickness that you're battling with. I know this, what, uh, this element that you're going through, but my grace is going to sustain you through whatever it is you find yourself wrestling with. God is in control, man. The greatest miracle the greatest miracle you and I have is the miracle of a changed and transformed heart, man. Because that's the hardest to reach sometimes, man. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. Nor are your ways my ways, pardon me, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God is sovereign. God is sovereign, man. And he's a good God. I like what uh, Joni Eric, Erickson Tata said. Um, she was, uh, uh, when she was a young lady, Young teenager, she had a diving accident. She broke her neck. And she's paralyzed um, from the neck down, confined to a wheelchair all her life. And she said, God has chosen not to heal me, but to hold me. The more intense the pain, the closer his embrace. I've been embraced by God, and I felt his embrace. But I tell you what, the embrace I felt for God will never compare to the embrace that lady feels from God. Because the embrace that she feels from him is on such a whole different level, man. And when you're going through it, when you're sick, and no one else, man, can help you, and no one else can comfort you, and no one else can alleviate you, there's only one, and that is Jesus. And he's the only one that can hold you and comfort you and encourage you and strengthen you and love you the way no doctor, the way no husband, nor wife, nor medicine could ever do. And it's not until you experience it personally. The embrace I know from God is nothing compared to the embrace she knows from God. 
because she experiences him on a whole nother level. My grandmother and my uncle were both on their deathbeds, and they were both praying to the end. And what struck me was their attitudes. God, if you heal me, all I want to do is just tell people about you. That's all I want to do. Well, can I tell you right now that they're in the streets of glory. Amen. They're dancing. They're singing. They're worshiping God. I tell you what, they are healed. They don't have any sickness that they're going through. They are healed. Revelations. That's the promise that we have, man. The promise from God as children of God that awaits us is a place where there is no pain, there is no tear. And I don't care if you're sick and, 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 and sick, man, you are going to experience the greatest revival when you're in the presence of the Almighty, man. Revelations chapter 21, verses 3 and 4. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. For the former things have passed away. And I tell you, man... That God is a healer. And whether he decides to heal you now or when he receives you into his kingdom, you are going to be healed. The Bible just has promised each and every one of us as children of God. It doesn't matter what we have to face and struggle with in life. We're going to be healed, man. We're going to be walking the streets of glory with our, with our heavenly father. That excites me. That excites me to know, man. As, uh, as our worship team comes up, we don't always have the answers as to why. You know, but God, man, but God is, is, is our healer and he's our, he's our hope. He's our strength. In closing, book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. That's a promise. That's a promise. And by his stripes we are healed. We can have our heads bowed and our eyes closed.